<laughs> hey, good morning. Staying in the lean-to shelter is a miracle cure. I dry out, my quilt fluffs up, and I am renewed. Good, good. Of course the rain never lets up, and my tent is a heavy, sodden pile of goo that I have to pack into my backpack. But I move forward with this extra weight with a kind of determination. Mainly determination surrounding not sleeping in my tent, but finding a sleeping spot for myself in every single shelter from here to the end. The trail continues mostly easy, even in rain, plus swarms of mosquitoes and black flies. And I begin to meet more nobos or northbounders finishing their hike on my first few days heading south. Mostly they're excited for the success of through-hiking the Appalachian Trail. But they also tell me they're thrilled to be putting this rainiest of seasons ever far behind them. You're listening to Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced, long-distance backpacker, Blissful Hiker. I know, Blissful is kind of a joke on the Appalachian Trail this year. It is the wettest season in memory, and I'm far from blissful. The Blissful Hiker podcast is a series of personal essays that I call audio narratives, and they couple storytelling of this experience, plus found sound and my own flute playing. And in each episode, I explore a journey of self-discovery, where I share the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. If you enjoy these podcasts, you can support them through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. I follow Namakanta Stream, lined with pink lady slippers, delicate as crepe, and lily of the valley, frilly bells holding water droplets. My feet walk on pine needles, soft and fragrant. The sound of the water changes pitch, and I realize I've hit a side stream. Tumble Down Dick Stream is its name. <laughs> the trail managers of the main Appalachian Trail Club placed a helpful set of metal stairs going down the embankment. It's one flight in a solid single piece, with even a helpful banister. It's not quite long enough to reach the bottom of the bank, and I need to jump a few feet. But it's pretty swank out here in the wilderness. The creek itself is low, and I slosh through, avoiding slippery rock hopping. Soon I reach a series of lakes. Oh, this must be heaven in the middle of summer. Pemadumcook Lake reaches out in fingers. A Native American would easily have portaged her canoe here, over small bits of isthmuses, to arrive at Joe Mary Lake and Turkey Tail, even Millinocket Lake. Somewhere in here, I should have a view back to Mount Katahdin. It's a famously photographed spot with a happy hiker standing on a rock and a hump of mountains seemingly lurching out of the lake in the distance. But today, it's misty and wet, and views are unlikely. I make eight miles my goal before lunch and plan to stop at a campsite right on Lower Joe Mary Lake. 
Antlers Campsite is its name, sitting only a few steps from the trail within towering red pines. It's lovely in here, and huge, though not a soul is camping for obvious reasons. So I have it to myself to set up for lunch, and someone built a kind of counter with boards nailed onto two close enough trees acting as supports. It's a great place to spread out today's food of tuna and mayo, a few tortillas, nuts, and dried fruit. I sit on a rock surrounded by lady slippers and look out to the lake dotted with raindrops in their concentric circles. It's not that bad. There's no thunder. It's not pouring rain. It's just damp and cold. Soon the sibs arrive, Kaylee and Addie, I met them on top of Katahdin only a few days ago, and we're bonding now over the difficulty of managing this trail. They seem pretty put together, even happy, and I kind of feel ashamed of how hard it's been for me. When I admit that to them, though, they both burst out laughing. Are you kidding, they say? This is awful. But we're all muddling through, all of us. We're muddling through, including you. And with that, they head back into the rain. I stay a few minutes more, feeling stronger and braver and a little less of an amateur after their kind words. Just then, two giant pileated woodpeckers crawl out from a hole in a tree right in front of me. Their bodies are relatively small compared to their enormous triangular-shaped heads, kind of like kabuki masks. They jerk from one position to the next, leaning far back as their sharp claws cling to the bark. They're beautiful and odd, and I'm afraid to breathe, even though I'm sure they know I'm sitting here watching them. They cackle to each other in low tones, as if to communicate a shopping list for the young baby woodpeckers cozy and warm inside the nest. I have never seen a pileated this close. I've never seen two together. They're beautiful in almost skunk-like white on black with a red mohawk. How did they come to trust me as they plan their errands and decide who will stay and who will go? It's certainly not for show, but somehow they seem to time things to include me in this moment of their life. I'm absolutely transfixed. They finally make a plan and one leaves as the other pops back inside the snag. And I realize, well, I better get going too and catch up to the siblings at Cooperbrook Falls before it gets dark. A sign points to the view of Katahdin on a rocky shore. There is one mountain in view, a lump of gray, above gray, against gray. But I don't think it's the mountain. I snap a picture anyway then head back into forest, dark and filled with primeval-looking ferns. Slippery wooden logs called bog bridges cross wetlands and are often missing boards. I feel good, though, and strong, and I'm moving okay. Also, it feels good to know my sleeping quilt and clothes are dry inside my backpack. Let's face it, the trail today is a snap compared to what's ahead. Maybe I said that a bit too soon when I have to cross a deep rapids at Mud Brook. All this rain has swelled everything, 
and Brooke hardly describes its power. Okay. At first, the water is up to my knees, and then it's up to my thighs. But someone has affixed a rope here hanging between two trees and above my head. I can hang on to it for balance. And balance is pretty much all I can trust this rope for. I have no clue about whether the rope is strong enough to hold my weight should I slip. When I reach the other side, a hermit thrush sings its elegant, wispy, two-toned song. The song appears to have no purpose but to keep me grounded in this wondrous moment. <laughs> but then a nuthatch honks to break up the mood. <laughs> you gotta laugh at the one-note nuthatch. Some duet they make. Running through my head is the saying about hiking. You're only passing through. Each moment I experience will literally be behind me as I move to the next moment. I'm all alone in this moment, and it's so quiet. Okay, correction. I'm all alone without people, but the forest, of course, is full of creatures. The birds, the fluorescent green of life in this dark bog. It's this wondrous creation and life force around me as I pass through that provides meaning and the reason I hike. It might even be the reason I live. You are only passing through also implies that you may never pass this way again. Realizing that slows me down to notice more and savor it all as it comes, the beautiful and amazing things, <laughs> as well as the less pleasant like the rain and the bugs. Yeah, I screwed up a little bit with my gear and underestimating how miserable it is in rain, but I'm moving on and I soon ask myself new questions. Rather than, did you have problems? I ask, how did you manage the problems you had? Simply having problems in and of themselves is not the test of character. Dealing with problems is the test of character. It's not far now to a stunning lean-to at Cooperbrook Falls, sitting on private property, generously lent to us hikers by those property owners. The stair-stepping falls through a gorge are spectacular, and again I'm transfixed by their beauty and their song, and I sit out on a rock to watch them and listen till dark. Inside the shelter, the hard wooden floor is a welcome dry patch. I fall asleep to the musical rush of water, and I feel deeply grateful. Grateful to this magical place for allowing me and inviting me to pass through. You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, please leave a review that helps the show get discovered. Blissful Hiker is on Patreon. You can support the show financially as a patron. That helps me get on trail to collect sound and create these stories. Find a link to Patreon in the show notes or at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. That's also the website where you can find other episodes, read the blog, see pictures, and contact me, blissfulhikerpodcast.com. Next week, the trail gets really hard. There's steep climbs and some dangerous fords. 
Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails. <laughs>